Welcome back. Welcome back. For all of you uh, listening in the future, sorry for the long wait. We had some, but uh, Tactical Fuckery is back. Hell yeah, it is. So uh, grab your asses, grab your glasses, fill it up with your favorite scotch, whiskey, or soda, and get ready for the fun. So you already know it. So, my dear beloved brother from another mother, what shall we talk about today? Well, honestly, we have quite a bit to kind of discuss. We have quite a bit to go over. So, hopefully, maybe our viewers, our listeners, they can kind of not only chip in, give us some insight. I think he's experiencing technical difficulties here, ladies and gentlemen. We can barely hear him. Sorry about that. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. That'll work. So, basically what I'm saying is is that I think that we have a lot we have a couple things to go over, but uh most definitely what we will be talking about today, hopefully our listeners can actually be able to, you know, give them some insight as far as like some of the topics that are going to come up in today's podcast. So definitely I welcome, and not only myself, but I know Cody here welcomes anyone's input as far as what we're about to talk about. Definitely bring it up on the net. Come on the net. Tell us what you guys think. It's important because that also lets us know how we can better tailor our audience, you know, and also accommodate you guys on the things we're about that we can talk about on this podcast. So for one, I'd like to kick it off with uh, dealing with toxic leadership. I would definitely like to address that. I know Cody and I, um, we have definitely experienced that for ourselves, being at good old uh, Fort Lewis, you know. But when it comes, when it comes to – oh, go ahead. And previous spaces beforehand, we have all had our share with this thing called toxic leadership. While we kick this off, let us figure out what is toxic leadership. <laughs> uh, NCO brother, you go ahead and take it. So toxic leadership, and I'm not going to give you guys the textbook definition. I'm going to give you what toxic leadership means to me. So toxic leadership is a leader who is self-centered and only focused about their own selfish ways and what benefits them specifically. That to me, honestly, shows a lot of what we have in the art, you know, as a whole and throughout this organization is we have a lot of leaders who, quite frankly, they should not have become leaders. Um, you know, they feel that oh, well, I went through it when I was a private. So yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm just going to deal with that. And it's like, or I'm going to I'm gonna give that to my soldiers now because I had to deal with that when I was a young lower enlisted soldier. And it's like, no, that's not the case. It should never be the case. So honestly, I truly feel so bad for soldiers that have to continuously deal with toxic leadership. And I, I can give you an example. So 
of course, Cody and I, we had a NCO by the name of Staff Sergeant Parker. When I tell when I tell you, Staff Sergeant Parker was a guy that legit, when you first met him, he seemed like he was so nice. He was so cool, very approachable, nonchalant about a lot of stuff. But in all actuality, he turned, when you turned your back towards him, he would stab you right in the fucking back with a K-bar. He was, he was just that type of person. And then on top of that, it was crazy because he got bolder. He started doing it to our faces. Now, it's one thing if you approach me as a man. We're not talking just as a soldier to an NCO. We're talking man, man to man, woman to woman, fucking potato to Prius because it's 2021. You know, you never know what fucking people identify as today. The fact of the matter is, is that when you approach me as a man and you do that to my face, I have more respect for you because at least you're doing it to my face versus when you try to be nice and, you know, turn around and play it off. And then when I turn around, you do shit that's shady as fuck behind my back. So definitely, I can definitely tell you there. I mean, there's been a lot of people in 308 that wanted to lay some hands on that dude. Now, one miserable cunt that he used to hang out with, that's Sergeant Parker, mind you, was Sergeant First Class Blankenship. This dude here was the epitome of Two-Faced. Like, if you looked up Two-Faced in the, in the dictionary, his picture would be right next to it. And for Oh, and my apologies for cutting in, but I do want to say this. For anybody listening that is currently active duty, this podcast is not a de- is not a display of all leadership. We are mainly focusing on certain topics. And for all you old heads out there that sit there and say to what he said earlier, you know, because the NCO got it, my soldiers can hack it. Yes, I will say the army has gotten softer can create outstanding soldiers without being fucking dicks. And if the boot fits, then please lace it up, right face, and march your ass forward. Hell yeah. I definitely I definitely agree. I mean, I I agree with your statement that you can make fantastic soldiers without having to be a dick. You can. I'm I myself became a sergeant back in August, and I can honestly say within the four months of me being an NCO, I've definitely learned a lot, but I've also learned what not to do to people, you know, and things of that nature, like when it comes down to the whole thing. And it's just, it's crazy to me because it's like, honestly, I look at it. And I'm like, why do NCOs have to, why do NCOs have to do this to soldiers when soldiers don't even deserve, they don't even deserve to fucking go through this. You know, they don't deserve to have leadership that makes them feel unwanted, unwelcomed, and not reassured, you know, and 
my soldiers should be able to look up to me and know that I'm going to take care of them. And I always have their best interests, you know, in my heart. Like they should always know that I should always have that at heart. And when my soldiers feel that they can't approach me, that's where I automatically will know that I am failing as a leader and especially as a non-commissioned officer. And it's crazy that we have leaders in our armed forces that think, oh, well, my subordinates are just gonna do what I say because it's my way or the highway. It ain't that type of military. It's not that type of military anymore. See, back then, World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, shit like that used to fly. What's that? You skipped one. Well, I'm naming a couple to as examples. I'm not going over the whole fucking list. So I was gonna say you forgot Korea. I don't give a fuck about that. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> e- either way, like the fact of the matter is to name a few, you know, conflicts that we've been in. In those times, that behavior was acceptable. But in today's nation, yes, the army, in my personal opinion, has gotten softer. Yes, I can highly agree with anybody that's listening or that wants to chime in on that, which I have absolutely no problem. You're you're absolutely right that, oh, the army has gotten soft. Yes, but either way, whether it has gotten soft or not, does not excuse the fact that leaders are still being toxic by treating them as if they're less than shit. Now, granted, in basic training, I think that's appropriate because the reason is, is you are breaking individuals down that are coming from all walks of life into the organization. You're breaking them down from their past life and building them into resilient, strong, smart soldiers, or at least you're trying to, okay? You can't change everybody, which I get that. But one thing I can truly say is that basic combat training changed me when I was coming up. And it did, you know, I went through basic training back in 2012. It definitely changed my perspective as far as, you know, damn, honestly, I thought I could just go in the world and I thought I could just have everything handed to me, things of that nature. No. If I want something in this world, I got to go out there and I got to fucking earn it. And I'm grateful for all of my drill sergeants that I had because my drill sergeants instilled into me, hey, you need to fucking do right. You need to do the right thing at all times, even when no one's looking. And this is what the standard is. And that's what uh, that's another thing what a lot of toxic leaders do. They take standards and twist it to their will, to their way. And it's like, oh, well, uh, you know, I can sit here and I can correct a lower enlisted soldier about not having a haircut or having fucked up boots. But yet these leaders are standing with their fucking hands in their pockets. Or walking and, like, and talking on their cell phone. Yeah, walking and talking on their cell phone. The other day, I had to tell a Sergeant Major, excuse me, Sergeant Major, you're not supposed to be walking and talking on your cell phone. And he looked at me like I was crazy. He was like, who the fuck is this E5 telling me what to do? And I was like, in AR 670-1, it states that we are not allowed to have cell phones or listening devices in our ears while we're in the duty uniform, except if we are at the gym conducting PT. 
So when it comes down to it, you're in the wrong. But as of course I as of course I stated that that's when he saw that you know I'm trying to uphold the standard, and I didn't approach him like, hey, sorry, major, you know you're fucked up. Da da da. No, you do it tactful and respectful. Okay, there's a way to tell somebody to fuck off without having to tell them to fuck off. All right, and for the and for young soldiers listening to this, if you're a young soldier, or if you're an NCO, hopefully you'll agree with me. There is a thing called general military authority. What this means, general military authority means that anyone can correct anyone. You can be a private and correct a lieutenant if you, right. in, if you do it in a tactful manner. Tactful and respectful. That's all it takes. It, I'm telling you, tactful and respectful. As long as you do those two things and you address them by their title, you can't go wrong. Now, granted, they may be a little butthurt. They may, they may feel like their taint got tickled a little, and that's okay. But at the end of the day, you stood your ground, and you showed what the standard is. And there's only one standard. That's the Army standard for those who are in the Army. Now, of course, Marines, Airmen, you know, the seamen we have out there, Puddle Pirates, whatever you guys want to call them, you know, even our Space Force potatoes now, you know, <laughs> You, you got to sit here. Yeah, in the sky, all that bullshit. You know, you guys have standards. We as the United States Armed Forces, we have standards. And it's, it all boils down to that. It's standards and discipline. But see, the problem is that I've also noticed is that leaders hate it. Toxic leaders hate it. Not all leaders, but toxic leaders hate it when you know your shit. They hate when you can actually tell them you can recite the regulation. And it's like, hey, look, you're wrong because of X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, that's how I've done it throughout my whole military career. Who's going to tell me otherwise? Um, the Army standard. That's what's going to fucking tell you. All right? And they hate that shit. You are my primary witness. How many NCOs have I had to correct while we were at 308? Oh, me being down in the motor pool a lot as a 13 Romeo from my platoon, I've, I've seen you correct multiple operators who were NCOs due to the fact that they were uh, – how shall we say, being less than ruly customers when working on a Humvee? Yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, I approach people in a tactful and respectful manner. I really do. You know, and the biggest thing is I feel like as long as if I'm showing you that common courtesy and that respect and, you know, doing what I can, then we should have a mutual understanding. But when you start coming to me, disrespectful talking out your neck then obviously yeah it's no longer soldier to soldier at that point it's man to man because we're human beings in and out of this uniform okay so when it comes down to that it shouldn't change the moment i put on my uniform and become sergeant Herman, or at that time special Herman. you know what i mean so it nothing should change and that's the problem a lot, that's of, what, a lot of toxic leaders, when they're outside of uniform, they're cool. They're cool. They're laid back. They're, it is what it is. But inside the uniform, it's like the switch is flipped. And it's like, okay, time to start fucking knife-handing people. Time to start being dicks and this, that, and the third. And it's like, no, that's not the case. We cannot do that. Because what kind of message is that sending to our privates, our lower enlisted soldiers? That's sending the wrong message. That's why the retention rates for the Army are so low. Because a lot of lower enlisted soldiers, they get out after one contract. 
Nobody's really retiring anymore. Not as much as they used to, but that's, that's the case in point. It's just, it has to do with a lot of levels of leadership that are just so toxic to the organization that it just ruins the Army name. And see, to caveat off my battle over here, everybody thinks whenever you mention toxic leadership when you're involving the Army, the Air Force, uh, Marines, Coast Guard, Spaceys, National Guard Reserve, go right down the line. Everybody thinks that you're strictly talking about the NCOs. Allow me to shed no. a different amount of light. A corporal or anybody in <coughs> charge in a leadership position all the way up to commissioned officers can be toxic because yes. let's take, let's take, for example, a lot of things that happened in Vietnam, Korea, World War II. Yes, it was, they were tragic. I'm not going to overshadow that. However, a lot of the, basically what my platoon leader told me before I left, uh, before I left JBLM, we would rather have, no awards than a silver star plan because a silver star plan is going to get everybody fucked up. The simplest plans and everything, even though strictly talking battlefield, even though I'm a non-combat veteran, I will read, I will reiterate that I am a non-combat veteran, but Herman can tell you I am a big history buff. Yes, very much so. A lot of the strategies in World War II that won the that won the silver stars, the fancy shiny medals and everything. Yes, they're prestigious. They deserve them. They earned them. However, a lot of the plans and everything could have been rethought out if it well, wasn't for. I don't, if it wasn't, I don't know about all of them. I'm sorry. I'm still. Uh, I don't mean to interrupt, but that's where I'm gonna kind of throw in there. Jessica Lynch didn't deserve that shit. But I digress. Keep going. But a lot of the plans and a lot of the strategies incorporated in everything that were known as Silver Star plans or Silver Star strategies got a lot of people hurt and got a lot of people killed, unfortunately, because of glory-hungry glory hungry people in charge. If you're an NCO and you're driving your soldiers, good on you. Like, seriously, good on you. Good for fucking driving them. Good for pounding them. However, and I wish this upon nobody, but if you ever do get deployed, the simplest of thought and the simplest in the, in the best plans are made up by everybody's input, not just one. Everybody and has something. Let me, let me go ahead and let me add in on that, too, because I'm just going to caveat a little bit on what you were just saying. For those leaders those upstanding fucking leaders that genuinely do fucking care for their soldiers and you guys put your soldiers needs above your own just like how the nco creed states i'm gonna tell you right now don't let your superiors diminish your fucking mind your life what makes you who you are not only as a person but as a fucking strong-willed leader do not let them fuck you over with that because I have seen way too many good leaders get out of the fucking army. NCOs and officers alike. I've seen it. 
because they're just so worn out and they're so fed up with how the chain of command, how the, especially the higher echelons of command, just continuously shit on them for defending their soldiers. So for those of you, you uh, young E5s, E6s, even some of your E7s, who I'm telling you, you guys are high speed as fuck. And I appreciate the kind of leadership style that you have where you're compassionate and you're fucking amazing to soldiers. That's why soldiers would fucking die for you. Keep pushing. It does get better over time. I may be a young E5 as far as time and grade, but when it comes down to it, I definitely have seen the magic that our leaders who do actually care and are very compassionate towards soldiers, I see the struggle that they go through. And now that I'm an NCO, I understand. So most definitely, I just wanted to throw that in there. Trust me, man, you guys and gals, because there's amazing female sergeants. There's amazing female officers. Even the male and female leaders who are awesome, keep doing you, keep doing great things, keep fucking getting after it, grind hard. That's all I wanted to say on that. And to caveat my to caveat off my battle on since we're on the topic of toxic leadership, bro, and I I will genuinely and I will direct this at you. Urban knows I'm blunt as fuck. For all the toxic leaders out there, I want you to take a good long look in the mirror. When you take a good long look, I want you to think. Think about where you come from. Think about how you acquired your rank. Think about all the struggles you went through as a private specialist. E5, E7. And if you're a sergeant major, good on you. All you lieutenants out there that have the last, and this is something I know Herman's going to chime up on, all the last-minute bullshit tasking that could have been sent up prior to when your soldiers know your meeting schedule, everything comes from the NCO and everything like that. The last minute honey do list when everybody, not, not only you, but either soldiers have families to get to or college or anything like that. Think about how you're affecting them as well as how they're affecting you, because it goes both ways. Your soldiers on how they treat you is a reflection on the leadership you give them. And that's also something I will add in on as well. So some of those LTs, because I'm going to tell you right now, some of those LTs understand their soldiers. Some of those LTs are very compassionate about their soldiers. And some of those LTs are actually sick of what the higher echelon is doing. A lot of this stems from the battalion and brigade command level teams, okay? Everyone likes to sit here and think, oh, it's the platoon leader that's wanting to do this. It's the commander and the first sergeant that are wanting to do this. In some cases, you're right. They do come up with last minute bullshit that could have been put out earlier in the week that could have been done on, at a reasonable time so that the soldiers can go home and be with their families, get to their video games, whatever extracurricular activities they like doing. The thing I say is that this doesn't, if this doesn't affect you, you certain officers, most definitely don't take anything what I say to heart. But for those shitbag LTs and command teams and things of that nature, let me fucking tell you something. 
You think it's all fun and games until you're in an oh shit moment and your fucking soldiers just throw their weapons down and run for the hills to not fucking defend you. And then they say, you know, you're there with your little fucking pistol, with your M17 pistol, trying to fucking sit here and shoot back at the enemy when you're by yourself. Shit like that, the morale in your companies is important because if your soldiers have high morale, they're willing to do, they're willing to go above and beyond for their command teams. That's why it is important to sit here and to actually look at your companies as a whole. And if you're a PL, definitely you should be paying attention to what's going on in your platoon. Be proactive, not reactive. That's one thing that a lot of leadership loves to fucking say, but yet they do not follow the guidance that they're giving. They don't practice what they preach. So to most definitely, I can definitely say that for sure. My apologies for interrupting ADHD. No, 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 you're good. You're good. Now, I will say this. It is okay to be involved in your soldiers' personal lives. It is. I highly, I'm highly for it. However, don't be overbearing. I get it. It's your job. But there is a difference between following protocol and then being completely overbearing outside the realm of what you're, of what you as a leader or you as a commander or anything can go for. There has been a lot of times, and I haven't experienced this, but there's been a lot of times where I've seen and heard so heard so overheard soldiers talking about how their NCO is literally up their fucking ass even when they're at home. Mind mm-hmm. you, I get it. There are some piece of shit soldiers out there. And I get it. There's a lot of shit bags. Believe me. But when you got a decent soldier who is always on the right time, right place, right uniform, knows his shit and everything, and they're up your fuck and they're up their fucking ass, that's a little bit pushing <coughs> boundaries. That's a little bit pushing boundaries right there. There's a reason why we have regulations set to have boundaries between soldiers and NCOs, everybody and leaders and everything. And to caveat on another point that Herman made, now I've dealt with a few leaders like this. Do not shame your soldiers for playing video games on their spare time when they should be quote unquote reading in my, in my MOS, we call it the radar Bible or when they should be reading their fucking field manuals or anything like that. This podcast is to humanize the uniform as well as give insight to what our experiences is and other experiences inside the United States military and armed forces alike. There is no reason why people should be so far up your fucking ass that basically you can smell it when they shit. Yeah. Don't shame people for what their hobbies are because I guarantee you they could be doing a lot worse fucking things. Well, not to mention, you know, don't shame people for their hobbies and the other extracurricular activities they like to do. All because you're trying to force them to progress at a rate that you want them at. Progression will happen regardless. But instead of trying to force your soldiers to do 
25, 50 correspondence hours a month, you know, how's about you show them, hey, I want you to progress because I feel that you have ungodly amounts of potential and I want you to just be successful in what you want to do in life. And when your soldiers see that, they see that you're understanding and you're looking at their best interests, they're going to want to do more shit because they look up to you. You are the person that guides them and leads, trains, mentors them, okay? And they want to make sure that not only are they making their family proud, but they'll want to make sure that they make you proud. Just like I'm telling you right now, the biggest thing that made me so proud of one of my soldiers was when my soldier felt that they wanted me to pin them. When I tell you I had the biggest amount of pride in my heart because I was like, wow, you look at you look up to me so much that you feel like nobody else is worthy of pinning you except for me because obviously i'm doing something right to making sure that my soldiers know that they're well taken care of and i was like i'd be honored and i promoted him you know i pinned him and uh i had a good speech for him shit like that and his first the first thing he said in his speech was uh, not only would i like to thank god but i'd like to thank my mentor Sarn herman Sarn herman has showed me the right way he's he showed that he's always cared about me and that means a lot to me and when i tell you i don't really tear up often but that one almost made me tear up for sure because that shows that i'm on the right path to becoming a fucking fantastic leader and that's what i want to be is a fantastic leader for my soldiers now i get it you can't help every soldier i get it some soldiers just don't want the help. They just want to do it for the benefits and then get out. They want to become terminal specialists and that's it. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But that's can okay. I still help you? Can I still help you in other areas? Like say if you want to go to college. Yeah, I went to college. I use my GI Bill. I can teach you everything that you need to know as far as how to make it benefit you. Because I'm not the type of person that wants people to stay in for 20 years. I don't even want to stay in for 20 years if I can control it. But can I help those soldiers in need to where they could, you know, set themselves up for success because there is life outside of the army? Absolutely. That's my job. I owe that to them. And then not to mention, this leads into our next topic. But there is something I would like to address involving toxic leadership. Hmm. So, toxic leadership can also lead to one of our soldiers and one of our airmen, Marine, whatever. Even the mean, the Space Force, yeah, we rag on them because they're the baby of the group. But still, once you, once you put on that uniform, you become, you become part of us. Toxic leadership can also lead to one of the 22 a day. Mm -hmm. it really can 
because you can have a you can have a soldier who's really happy about being on a certain way of life and getting a fresh start and you and being a toxic leader and everything it can destroy a person to the point where they will unfortunately take out their own lights we're always talking about trying to stop the 22 a day. You have Project Valhalla, Wounded Warrior Project. Uh, on TikTok, there's there's people, I know I know personally, one of them is by the name of Lita 8K Dispatch Dreams, or Battle Dispatch Dreams. She was a, she's also a member of Tackle 22. We're, they're all people trying to stop the 22 a day and be there for veterans and active duty or reserve and National Guards mental health. Yeah, it's because like being active heroes. Me with Active Heroes, I I am a part of Active Heroes, where we did the Ruck for the Fallen. You know, so definitely, I mean, it's organizations like that. We look at it as a serious thing because it's like twenty two a day is one too many. It's one too many. It is because if you are a toxic leader and you're listening to this. I want you to hear my words very closely. That soldier that just committed suicide, that was somebody's friend, brother, sister, son, father, mother. That was somebody's friend that they've had since they were 12. That was somebody's friend and son. I want you to think on that. And I want you to realize, because I've heard, and like Herman said, they put up a nice facade. Think about your actions and how they're affecting your soldiers, your airmen, your Marines. Now, don't get me wrong. If a person's fucked up, they're fucked up. But I'm not talking about the, I'm not talking about legitimate shitbags or anything like that. I am legit directly directing this toward people who just fucking degrade people on a goddamn daily basis. You don't know what the fuck that soldier's got going on at home. You don't know what he or she has got going on. What the fuck do you want to add to that shit? I get it. If they're fucked up at work, they're fucked up at work. But nine times out of ten, there's a reason why they're fucked up at work. <laughs> That's right. So before you fucking even think about degrading them, how about you take off the fucking rank, step aside, then address them as a person and figure out what the hell is going on. And if they don't feel comfortable talking to you, allow them to use the commander's open door policy. Allow them to go to places where they feel comfortable and open up. If we're so hell-bent on trying to stop the 22 a day, there is a lot of people out there who really don't give a damn, and they say they do. Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So march forward instead of rear march. Awesome. 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 So what about the snowflakes who are now outside of the military? Because I had a commander's call because I'm active in the Air Force. At a commander's call, we had airmen complaining 
because our commander gets on a real level with us and cusses. Majority of the comments on our Deoc survey was he cusses too much. That's unprofessional when it's in a relaxed setting, not a professional setting. Real quick, translate Deoc survey to me because it's a survey that command climate survey. Thanks. Thank you. But no, you bring up a good point. You bring up a good, you really do bring up a good point. And that is one of our topics we were going to discuss tonight is snowflakes. That is also yeah. taken out of retrospect. My second lieutenant, the one that presented me the LMC for PT building. See. She's a wonderful person. She doesn't realize she's too hard as a second lieutenant. She's never served a day of enlisted in her life, so she's entitled. And believe it or not, that was both point. A lot of the points you just brought up was on our topic list. Hey. Well, I mean, I live with you, so you know. Yeah, but I love you. I don't really pay attention unless I know for a fact that you need to pay attention. But leading into the next topic, snowflakes in the military. Herman? There's a few words that I'm going to say that I'm just going to hold. So why don't you be the leader that you are and take charge before my mouth goes off? Well, if you insist. So, I do. With, snowflake, with snowflakes in the military, the biggest thing I've noticed is that a lot of people are so incredibly sensitive at the fact that if you even breathe in the general direction, like if you breathe at them in the wrong way, it's like, oh, I'm triggered, I'm offended, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the third. Bro, like, grow a fucking sack and stop the bullshit, okay? Or, like, for the females out there, let your tits match your bra size. Either way, like, the shit's dumb. It's like, why does it have to be this bad? Like, come on, like, it should not get to the point where I can't even remotely just, you know, not fucking talk with a couple of my battle buddies on a topic that, you know, we're going off and we're a part of. And somehow, if you're listening in, you're, you automatically have the right to feel offended. That, to me, is utter garbage. Like, stop. What, what, is, what is going on in the world? For a generation that was raised on Family Guy and South Park, when the and fuck did everyone... Get, yeah, and Celebrity Deathmatch. When the fuck did everyone become so sensitive? I want to know this. I really want to know this because it has me to the point where I'm just like, come on, bro. Like, it's, it, it's not that bad. Like, your life is not that fucking terrible to where you have to sit here and feel that... You, have, you need to be sensitive over everything. And then this is exactly why I'm so glad that they say do not bring any sensitive topics like religion or uh, politics into the workplace because it has no business being there. Well, the problem is, is a lot of these, a lot of these newer generation soldiers bring that stuff. And then they wonder why they got offended by another soldier because of their, you know, viewpoint or their ideology or anything like that. And it's like, come on, bro. Like, you set yourself up for that. All right? 
Don't try to sit here and claim someone was bullying you. Don't try to claim that, you know, someone's targeting you and all this other shit. You set yourself up for that. So therefore, that's your own damn fault. Honestly, I don't I don't understand. I don't the understand. Caveat. I'm just like, whatever. Like, ugh. The caveat, I'm about to go off like an M134 off the side of a goddamn fucking Blackhawk. All right. So to define a snowflake, like Herman said, you get offended at everything. Here's the fucking funny thing. You're in the military. The most offensive organization that has ever been known to man besides college porn. Hey, 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 hey. ain't nothing wrong with college porn. Strike facts. Ain't nothing wrong with college porn. Now, clown porn, that's a that's a whole nother level, but that's what I meant. Clown porn. Porn. College porn's pretty fucking good. Now, anyways, Uh, I am not here to kink shame. But I will say this. You got it. The point is, you motherfuckers decide to sign your name on the dotted line involuntary, or you were forced to by your family because you were an unruly child. Guess what? Mommy and daddy don't own you no more. Your ass belongs to the grass. What do I mean by that? It means your tears unless they are legitimized through family loss or the loss of a friend, or are you are genuinely depressed about something don't get you anywhere. Except for a fucking And since we're on this fucking topic, let me go off on this. Herman, I love yes. you. Yes. I'm, so, I'm wondering what he's going to talk about. I don't even know, dog. Let's talk about you motherfuckers that want a false claim fucking shark. Let's get that out in the air. And you know who I'm talking about. I if do. the shoe fits, fucking wear it. Do you not realize how many times shark is actually used for the right reasons? What people don't that. realize, and I'm guilty of this, I'm currently guilty of this. If you were going to date somebody in the fucking military and you pissed them off, you took that fucking risk of you're getting your heart broke. There is, unless there is a legitimate reason, I am not saying, I am not saying anything bad about the people who legitimately use it for the right reasons. I want to get that out there right now. However, those of you that fucking abuse it because, oh my God, he broke my heart. I'm going to ruin his or her fucking career. Do you not realize that shark, if filed and passed through, not only carries outside of your, not only carries your military career, possibly in your military career, that is also a permanent mark on your fucking life. It will follow you. Say, for instance, a buddy of mine was active duty military. We were still in tech school. Which is AIT for you guys. I don't know what it's called for anybody else, but I know for Army it's AIT. Um, he didn't realize he was talking to an underage girl. His parents filed a claim against him. This man did year, a year and a half to two years in fucking prison until they were able to prove he was able to prove that he did not know that she was a minor. 
keep in mind, this man was not like a 25-year-old guy. This dude was over the age of 18. She was under the age of 18. Hmm. He got, I believe, dishonorably discharged, or at least an honorable discharge, and they changed his discharge code. But he served time in jail because of it. And the rest of you snowflakes, let me let me explain something to you. Let me learn you something today, right? Let me, let, let me learn you. You're whining and crying about every little thing is taken away from other soldiers who actually need fucking help, so I hope you feel fucking good about yourself. I hope you feel good about the person who just lost his mother that, you know, he needed somebody to talk to, lost his friend, or is going through a really rough time, or is diagnosed with depression. The spicy sadness, as we like to call it. Yeah. I, hope you feel, I hope you fucking feel good about that from taking away resources that other soldiers can be using because you're taking away from the fighting force. Me, over in Germany, I will admit, I had to go to behavioral health. I had daily appointments and everything for anger management and, and anxiety. I got ridiculed by my platoon for it. However, it did help me in the long run. But there is a difference between it helping you and you just fucking abusing it. So I want you to fucking think long and hard. My apologies, brother. No, you're good. I, I agree, too, because while we were in JBLM, I went to behavioral health, and it helped me a lot, too. I found a behavioral health. I was in behavioral health from 2018 to 2020. So for all you snowflakes inside the military, regardless of branch, Y'all need to grow a pair. Get the fuck out. Just stop putting I, so much fucking stress in your damn supervisors, especially if they're good ones. For the Air Force, stop being such a damn shitbag airman. Realize your supervisors are trying to cover your ass whenever you're sitting there going through shit. Don't fucking make excuse after excuse after excuse unless it's legit. That one airman where our leadership is now trying to change his uh, separation code because he's a shitbag now. Doesn't come in to do his job, doesn't do shit to get out of PT, things of that nature. He creates appointments in the mornings. Failed his PT test. The only thing he had to do was push-ups. He was exempt from sit-ups and running. I haven't PT tested in two fucking years, and I got a 70 out of a 75. Because 75 is pa uh, passing. A PT tested in two fucking years, but I still pushed myself as much as I could. I was blacked out on the fucking track. I think Herman just realized, like, fuck. <laughs> no, I'm just agreeing, but I'm letting her piece be said because she has every right to call him out. Honestly, oh, yeah. you know, honestly, she's going off and she's letting it be known. And it's like, 
I'm fully supporting her. So continue doing your thing, girl. It also helps having another branch as input. Because, yeah, Army and Air Force, we give each other shit. But obviously, there's, there's obviously no. nothing that wrong with Army or Air Force, considering I'm dating Army and I'm Air Force. <laughs> I'm best friends with mainly Army and Marines. I don't have many friends in the Air Force because they're either snowflakes or... They try to fuck everything that moves. Yep. Or their cups. They take I an mean, innocent what? friendship to sexual. <laughs> I am not the one. I won't claim what y'all call sharp, we call sapper. I just knock your ass clean the fuck out. And when my soup comes to me and is like, what the fuck you do? It's either that or have another fucking report. I'd rather do that than have another fucking report. Keeping your life easy without having to do paperwork. Hell yeah. So we've covered toxic leadership, snowflakes, the 22 a day. What else did we uh, say that we were going to bring up, Battle? Um, well, I mean, there we was covered a- – so we've covered that, and I know we were going to talk about um, – fuck, the topic just left me. What the hell? It was spicy. Uh, I know that. Oh, yeah, it was definitely spicy. It was worse than habanero peppers. (laughs) I'm sorry, what? It was worse than habanero peppers, for sure. Didn't it have to to deal with how, uh, like, politics affect the military? No, because legally, according to all of our bindings and contracts, we're not allowed to talk about politics. Great, I think we talked about. But still, as long as you're addressing them respectfully, I don't think anybody will have anything to say. However, it is talking truth. That's why I don't talk politics because I don't know enough to talk respectfully. Me personally, I have to say fuck everything. What was that other topic? I'm really trying to remember. Excuse us, ladies and gentlemen. We're having technical mental difficulties. Please resort to the beep after the Chewbacca sound. I'm trying to remember. Hmm. There was one more that I know. It was a couple more. I think one of them had to involve about the situation that you got put in here recently. About uh, that type of soldier. So oh, yeah. Let's, uh, let's take it from snowflakes to shitbags. Honestly, I could definitely see where that would be all right. So, um, yeah, so basically, you know, shitbags are a whole nother, a whole nother level. I can tell you right yeah. now, especially when you legit are trying to do the right thing and you're trying to go off and you're trying to, you know, help them, you know, become better, but not only better, but you're also trying to give them a hand up. And it really sucks when you look at it like you're trying to do the right thing, but then they just walk all over you. 
and they take your kindness for weakness. That's where for me, I had that is I had that same type of circumstance happen. I had a, you know, I had a soldier who him, he just recently got married. He thought that it was okay to just go off and just, uh, you know, like be able to, he thought he was able to just walk all over me and take advantage of what, you know, what I had to offer. And instead it was to the point where, you know, he was moving his stuff out of my house without, you know, really even telling me anything. I mean, which really he's not, he's not a lower enlisted soldier. He's an NCO just like me. But the problem is, is that what really got me was it, I wasn't mad at the fact that he was moving out. I was mad at the fact that he felt like he couldn't come to me to let me know, like, that he was moving out. That's the one where it got to me. Because I was like, why do you feel that you can't talk to me about these things? And he was just like, well, you know, I'm looking at what benefits me. And uh, yeah, so I wasn't going to say anything right away. And I'm like, wow. So someone that you think you can trust, you definitely, I one thing I learned, you definitely will see true people or people's true colors when it comes to light, for sure. And so, the lovely Freya over here had a caveat off of what you said, Battle. So you mentioned that this individual was an NCO like you. One of the yeah. things that really push, they really grind my gears, push my buttons, ruffle my feathers, however you want to put it, is if you have someone who's been in longer than you or someone who's held rank more longer than you, don't sit there and continue to fucking treat them as if you're God's gift to everything. And the reason I say that, I, as of December 13th, I won't be the only E4, but December, because one of my A1Cs had just gotten promoted. The only thing that they had over me is the fact that they've, they've done the job a lot longer. I had an A1C, an E3, sit there, who just got to the base that I'm at in April, I got there in, in September. Not much time difference in between. Oh, well, you need to do this, 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 this. Let me do this. And um, we'll go from there. Okay, well, I need you to understand. I got here at 1030 at fucking night the day before I was supposed to be here. My anxiety level is through the roof. If you want to keep telling me shit I need to drop this week when it doesn't need to be dropped this week, and my supervisor said it doesn't need to be dropped this week, step the fuck down. If you know for a fact that an individual, and this is for all the airmen, seamen, ground pounders, all that shit. If you know an individual has time over you, just shut the fuck up. Unless it actually pertains to the job. You do not hold rank higher than them. You may have time on station over them, but they have time in grade. Or time in service over you. 
They have their own schedules. They have their own ways to handle things. I've had airmen come to me and look at me because they couldn't go to their senior, their enlisted, their superiors. They've came to me and they're like, so you're an E3 at this time. I need you to do this for me because I'm scared to go talk to my superior. Supervisors, what the fuck is up with you where your individuals can't come to you? Because I could call my supervisor up right now and be like, hey, yo, this is what's going down regarding this personal situation you know about. This is what I'm going to do. All right, cool. I'll see you on Monday so we can do all the stuff we need to do. But I've had supervisors where I can't go to them because they're hard asses. They're black and white. There is no gray. Definitely. That's why I kind of wish you were one of my supervisors, Herman. Jesus, we'd get along great. <laughs> I won't cause hell for you, and we'll both sit there and just kick the shit at work. Make your life easier. Well, one thing definitely I look at is I would treat you the same way how I would want to be treated. With exactly. dignity, respect, and overall like a fucking human being. Exactly. We're not That's robots and we're not toys. It's all it takes. It's all it takes. But for some reason, it's almost like it's an MOS. It's like people are making it into an MOS. Doesn't yeah. make sense. My favorite words from basic training came from Drill Sergeant DeLinden. Make it make sense. I say that shit. <laughs> My favorite words, get your fucking life together. Drills are the roach. That was fucking MCLA Nicholson. Ben Jamin Nicholson. Oh, I do remember one of the topics. All right, let's hear it. The veteran community in the VA. Oh, yes. And this also ties with active duty and reserve and everybody else. So we all know how the VA is supposed to be there for us. Why? Now, don't get me wrong. I understand the VA, the VA is mainly used for medical and everything. And, I, and those that use it properly and everything, you've earned it. However, why, and this is in regards to mental health, not only of veterans, but of active duty as well and current enlisted. Why is it that the VA has all these commercials saying, oh, you guys can come to us. We have a crisis hotline. Yet, if you look on other social media, i.e. TikTok, um, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Clapper, other social media signs, there is a lot of people coming forward saying that every time they call the crisis hotline, why the fuck is there an automated res why the fuck is there an automated message system? It just doesn't make sense. You do realize that you guys are there for us and we're here for you. The least anybody can fucking do is actually have a human being answer the phone. 
mean, they do it for the suicide prevention line. Why can't they do it for the fucking VA hotline? Veteran hotline. There is a big stigma in the veteran community why people don't want to go to the VA. And it's the same reason why people don't want to go to fucking mental health or behavioral health inside the active duty or inside any military installation. It's because there's a fucking stigma. And yes, I'm getting heated about this because it seems like there's new reports every fucking day of a soldier fucking getting of a soldier waxing himself and everything. <coughs> Why can't you guys do your fucking job? I understand you're there for a paycheck, but actually do your fucking shit because you don't know whose life you can fucking save. Caveating off of that, don't fucking strong arm your people to go to mental health just because of the way that they're carrying themselves. Because nine times out of ten, if the individual is like myself, if I'm in uniform, I'm a completely different person. I don't cry. I don't show emotion. Everything turns to anger or just straight face. I had a situation where a friend of mine of 12 years lied to me about attempting suicide. And the day he told me, of course, I'm upset. I'm freaking out. I'm at work. I go to my supervisor and I'm like, hey, man, so it's 12 o'clock, you know, can I please, can I please take the rest of the day? He's like, all right, let me talk to our <coughs> All right, cool. The hires wanted to talk to me. They pull me into an office. And they're just staring at me. I don't do that shit. You want me to break down? Take me at least out of the office. Take me outside. Let's go to the smoke pit. Let's go somewhere where I can actually let my guard down because my hires were two females. One of them was a mother. Me personally, if I know you're a mom, I'm going to basically adopt myself as your child. I'm now your daughter. And my higher up knew that after the fact. But they were basically strong-arming me to go to mental health and trying to force me to go to mental health over this situation because they didn't feel like I was safe enough to go home, even though I explained I had family that will be waiting at my house for me to get home. Because it takes me 30 minutes to get home from work. It, it would have taken them 13 minutes to get here. Well, we want you to still go see mental health, this, that, and the third. I understand that. I've been in mental health for years. This is not one of those situations. It's a situation where I need to go home and I need to potentially grieve or I need to put the logic behind it. I need time to focus. I don't want to put my airmen who are going out or coming home at risk because I'm not emotionally sane enough. Don't strong on your people if you've never had an issue out of them before. Pull them outside and actually talk to them. Metaphorically or physically strip off that rank if you can, because I know some people <coughs> so they're fucking. Take oh, yeah. that rank off and be like, look, call them by their first name. It's you and I. Person to person. Break it down for me. Let me help you. Not, oh, well, you need to go to mental health because we don't feel safe letting you go home. 
out of personal experience, hey, Herman. Yeah. How many times did I? How many times did it? How many times did it take me to break down in front of you and actually let my guard down? Um, honestly, it was it was quite a lot, man. You know, because like to be fair, like it took a lot out of you to do that for the simple reason being that <clears throat> with you not really trusting very many people because of the past experiences you've had. And then, <coughs> excuse me, confiding in me, having that confidence in knowing that you could talk to me. It took, it took a couple months, but you saw my true intentions. You, sh you saw my true colors. You knew that I wasn't going to be a person to cast judgment on you or take advantage of you. <coughs> so, honestly, you know, it, it took a while. But afterwards, you saw that I was trying to help you because, you know, you are a person that matters, especially to me. So, most definitely. Not to get all sentimental and shit. Oh, it's, it's perfectly fine. There's a, it's okay to be sentimental. But literally, also, and this is something I think Herman's going to have an input on, so... <sighs> As soon as I say this statement, I'm giving the floor to him after I say what I have to say because I know I've rambled on long enough. For those of you that are using, you know, suicidal tendencies and everything, as now, mind you, you can tell the difference between a person who's actually suicidal versus a person who fakes it. Here are the, and here's a big one. When a person starts randomly giving shit away, when a person literally starts self-harming. Self-harm comes in many different forms. It's not just cutting. Or when they start or, or when they start literally shutting themselves out where you don't know what their plans are when they would normally tell you and invite you. Quick attitude changes and everything like that. That is one of the many signs that are out there that leads to that. For those of you who fake it, and for those of you who basically are fucking doing it for attention, you need to fucking stop. Like, seriously. Life isn't so bad. Your leadership, yes, they may be shitty and everything. And trust me, like I said before, toxic leadership or bad leadership in general can lead a soldier to suicide or an airman to suicide or whatever. But for those of you that fake it, life isn't so bad to the point where you have to end it all. Because for those of you that are faking it, you're fucking selfish. Yep, for sure. You are extremely fucking selfish. <coughs> Whenever somebody tells me they're suicidal, I do treat it as serious because any person who says they're suicidal should be treated as a serious situation. But the moment you, the moment I see you start, the moment I start seeing through bullshit, if there is bullshit, that's when you fucking lose me. 
adding a little humor. I mean, the only reason why I say unless it's me, uh, it's because he lives with me. Therefore, he knows I just usually say fuck it, I'm done on the daily. Because if I don't say that, then it's not a normal day for me. But he does pay attention whenever my depression spikes up. He does pay attention when my anxiety spikes up. So I know if I ever get suicidal, he'll catch it before anybody does. Overall, it's just terrible. Take it away, Herman. I'm actually going to go grab something to drink. So one thing I can definitely say for sure is, you know, I look at it in a whole different light. I look at it in a different light because it doesn't, it costs nothing to be a somewhat decent human fucking being. It costs nothing. All it takes is for you to just sit here and to, you know, just try to make the effort to want to be better than what you were yesterday. You know what I mean? And to see that people can continuously just be not only selfish, but not caring about their fellow battle buddies, that to me is where it really, like, chaps my hide. Because how much of a shit bag do you have to be to be all about yourself and just say, fuck your fellow service member? You know, I don't know. That's, that, that's for me. That's how I feel. Do you have anything to chime in? For, I, I have a couple of things. For a little bit of humor and light banter, it does cost something because the human body, random fact, is only worth <laughs> the human body as a random funny fact is only worth twelve ninety five, and that is including the traces of gold found in your fingernails and your toenails. <laughs> you could sell a heart for like quarter million of fucking dollars. No, forty thousand to be exact. Not to mention your ovaries, your testicles, your eyes, shit like that. <laughs> Well, I mean, hold up. 30000 per testicle? All I need is one, so. <laughs> Which one do you choose, in Herman, the left or the right? The right one's got more power, so I'm selling the left one. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll sell my left. <laughs> but caveating out what you said, and I'm sorry for getting heated on certain topics, folks. Normally, I try not to get heated. But there's just been certain things that I've been picking up on my radar here lately that it's just ridiculous. But seriously, it doesn't cost anything to actually give a fuck. Like, I know there are people out there who are legitimate assholes who don't give a flying fuck about anything. But for those of us that actually have emotions and a heart, it's not that hard to sit there and look at the quiet kid and be like, hey, man. Why are you quiet? Or walk up to the awkward person in the platoon being like, hey, dude, what's going on? Like, shoot the shit. Because at the end of the day, this is the way I look at it, and this is the way I've always looked at it. Even when I was in the Army, and I look at it to the same way this day. If shit hits the fan, hopefully it don't, but if shit hits the fucking fan, those are the people that are going to be having your six on the firing line in the logistics area, the mess, the mess hall, the fucking radar that's providing uh, counter rocket artillery mortar assistance to the C-RAM system that links up with R2-D2 with an attitude. 
those are people that you're going to be over there with that are going to that might or may not decide to be like oh shit he's hit maybe uh you know nobody will notice if i don't fucking drag him across the field for comp for care under fire when everybody's trying to get fucking home when everybody wants to come home we are there yes it's a dysfunctional one that's the way it is in the military doesn't matter what branch you're in military is supposed to be a family that's right why the fuck why the fuck is everybody letting petty shit get in the fucking way now don't get me wrong if there's actual beef there's actual beef like you know homeboy fucks your girl behind your back yeah handle that shit and fucking rock his fucking world downrange that's still your brother regardless of how you feel about him to caveat a little bit off of him i had a commander's call last week and in this commander's call we talked about what we call sapper sexual assault and suicide me and another nco from a different squadron were basically the only ones really answering the questions that they asked. And he and I brought up a valid point. The stigma of what people look for when it comes to suicide in the military, we've already surpassed that. There are now members in the military who could be suicidal or actually will act upon suicidal ideations without us knowing it because we harp so much on look for these signs think about this this if they're like how hudson said if you're selling stuff or immediate change in attitude things of that nature we're all looking for that but what about the other silent signs what about the happy people dick robin williams for example oh man that was chester chester bennington there's people who are going through shit in their personal lives uh, Herman, you know a little bit of what's going on through mine, but Hudson sees it every single fucking day. Hudson saw more of it earlier today. There, I've been pushed to my breaking point many, many, many times. And no one else has noticed. Because I'm the happy person. I'm always there for people. I rely on a very few select people to see me break. But one of these days... I hope not, but the way that I assume, one of these days, I'm just going to snap on my way to work. I take an interstate to work every day. It's nothing, just a little bit to throw my fusion, to throw my car. I'm not that type of person, but I've had visions about it. There's been many times I've been on phone calls with Hudson and he was the only one who knew. When I'd go for my late night drives, a couple of times I blurted out, you know, it just takes a fraction of a second for me to throw my car off this bridge. It's little work, it's little sentences like that and everything that people need to pick up on. Unless you know that person has a genuine dark sense of humor and that's how they cope with their shit like me and like Herman and like Hudson. That's something you got to watch out for too. You got to be able to Definitely. pick up the little phrases. 
I say it every day. If I don't say it at least once a day, there's something wrong with me and Hudson knows it. But I just say, fuck it. I'm going to off myself. I don't genuinely mean that. I say that constantly. That is a normal phrase for me. I'm not really going to do it. But the phrase, it takes a fraction of a second for me to take my car off this bridge. <coughs> Hudson knew immediately and he kicked into fucking gear. Because he knew that's not something I'd usually say. Unless we're literally talking about stuff like that, which we weren't. I was emotional. I wasn't thinking clearly. I wasn't logical. And I just look at the camera and I was like, fraction of a second, that's all it takes. And it's terrible because people just brush it off. Like, ah, oh, you know, they're, they're not going to do anything. Okay. Only reason Hudson knew I wasn't going to do anything is because I have two beautiful daughters that I need to teach how to raise hell and eat cornbread. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Don't even. Ryanetta up church. <laughs> but for real, supervisors, other fellow soldiers, airmen, seamen, jarheads, Ground pounders, fucking pay attention to your guys. Know yes. what a phrase they say every day compared to a phrase that's just out of the blue and totally out of character. I'm going to jump off my little soapbox now and go back to doing college. Or anything else that, uh, is, I think, wasn't there another topic that we were going to discuss, brother? Yeah, a little bit. You want to hit that? Uh, I think I'll leave that one to you because I've been kind of spearheading a couple of you. So, all right. So, there's a stigma in the veteran community, and this. And Herman will attest to this because it's a stigma in the active duty sector. Ladies, gentlemen, veterans, it's ands or buts, lend me your ears. Why is there a stigma amongst us, whether it is combat or not combat, that a person should be labeled a soldier or a veteran? Why do we have to put a label on each other? Because it gives people a sense of belonging and a sense of entitlement. I mean, you got to think a lot. Of, uh, you got to think a lot of people. They look at it like, "Oh, well, you're not a veteran. You didn't deploy." And it's like, no, you're referring to a combat veteran. We're still veterans. You know, of course when you're out of the army, things of that nature, you're still a veteran. And the definition of veteran is anyone who has served on active duty over 180 days. So if you've served more than six months, you are a veteran. So it, it's just, it's crazy. But it's almost like labeling each other is almost giving a sense of like belonging into a group. 
it's it's just it's dumb. I mean, how True. about we how about we call each other fucking battle buddies? Whether you're active duty or whether you're a veteran and you're out. We're battle buddies for life. Yeah. Like that's for example. It's a blanket term. It's a blanket term, battle buddies. Doesn't mean if you're past, present, or in future, we're battle buddies for life. That's how it should be. And the sense of labeling, yes, in a positive light, it gives people a sense of belonging to a certain to a certain group. However, nowadays, I don't know if you've noticed it. <coughs> well, you probably noticed it when we were in 17. But there is a huge stigma between people who have deployed and people who have not. Oh, heaven. It's just like people who've been to schools and people who haven't. Like when I was at Fort Campbell. Or you, at you, ain't salt, you ain't shit. If you ain't ranger, you ain't shit. Or if you're not cab, you ain't shit. And it's like, bro, like, how's about if you're not a service member, you ain't shit. Okay? Because let me explain something to you guys. Not to you, Cody, but to the audience who's listening. The amount of fuckery that active duty deals with is stupendous compared to any civilian job that I've ever seen. Okay? There's no fucking reason for the amount of bullshit that active duty has to deal with. There's no reason. We don't like, get paid for this shit. No, we we don't at all. And I love when people try to throw the benefits. Stop. That's not gonna that's not gonna fly. Okay. The medical is trash. Granted, it's medical, it's better than having none, but the medical's fucking trash. They tell you to ice it. It's like you break your arm. Ice it, wrap it, ibuprofen. That's all you need. Like, and if you're lucky, what the fuck? 72 well, hour quarters. Yeah, and if you're lucky, 72 hour quarters. When it comes to getting your wisdom teeth pulled, oh, that's where they give you Vicodin, Percocet, all this other shit. I fucking wish. They, they did that for me. They gave me Percocets, but I didn't take them. They might have given me Percocet. I don't know. I didn't take it. But it's just I'm crazy. Have to to that medical in a minute. But it's just crazy because it's like we as soldiers, airmen, seamen, and marines, and you know, coast guard personnel, and even now don't forget the potatoes. Space, even even now our space force potatoes. You know, I'm like when it comes them. when it comes down to it, it's just crazy that. Everyone tries to do all this, you know, segregation in the army where it's like, if you ain't airborne, you ain't shit. If you ain't pathfinder, you ain't shit. It's like, look, if you ain't active duty, you ain't shit. Because I'm going to tell you right now, for those, for those internet gangsters and keyboard warriors talking about, oh, uh, you know, if uh, you don't agree with the way how America is, you can go back to your country and this, that, and the third. Oh, you was talking real reckless about how Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, all this other shit. So how's about you go ahead and keep that same energy and go to your recruiter's office and sign up? You see we're short-handed. Where's your resume? You know, what, what's going on? So and when it comes down to it, 
those civilians need to shut the fuck up because they don't know. They don't know the struggle. They don't know the fucking deal. That's just my opinion. And not to mention, here's my opinion, and I think Herman over here will agree with me. You guys think that we hate the terrorists and everything. We do. Trust me, we fucking do. They waxed our battles. But you know what? We have respect for the enemy. Some of the shit they come up with is extremely fucking innovative and creative. Look at their IEDs. And in the art of war, I cannot remember specifically what chapter, what page number or anything for all you fucking act for all you fucking perfectionists out there. But even in my faith's book of knowledge, the Havmal, for all us northern for all of us Norse heathens, for all the pagans, for any student of war, even in the art of war in the Havmal, it states to have respect for your enemy. Word of wisdom. Huh? Fight honorably. Yes. You can hate your enemy and respect them at the same time. Look at General Lee and Julius S. Grant. If you really want to get down to it, a lot of people, and you know what, since this is all the rage nowadays, let's take uh, the South versus the North in the Civil War. Did you not realize that, Gen that General Lee was offered a position in the Northern ranks because of his strategies, and he said, no, that I'm, that I'm going to fight from my home? In Virginia? General Grant and General Lee had respect for each other. A lot of soldiers that I've talked to that are veterans that have deployed to the Middle East from, the, from Desert Storm all the way up to modern day. They said, yeah, I hated my enemy, but I had fucking respect for him. So for all you keyboard warriors caveating off of Herman, for all you keyboard warriors out there who say shit like that, go ahead. Go ahead. Go to your recruiter's office. Oh, wait, I'm sorry you won't because a lot of you sit there and say that you'd punch a drill sergeant right in his face if he got in it. Yeah, okay. A lot of drill. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some drill sergeants that are candy drill sergeants that can't fight. However, most of them can throw fucking hands. And you'd think yeah. that individuals would at least join the Air Force, if anything, at the least. Because the simple fact, due to the snowflakes caveat off of that one, we no longer have Shark Week. The drill sergeants cannot yell at us, apparently. Herman's going to go off about that. Herman's going to go off about that. Apparently, they're not allowed to. At first, when I first joined in 2017, they would they could not break 6 to 12 inches. You, you, you pulled the pin on that for me. <laughs> I know I did. Because it pisses me off, too, because I joined the military fully expecting to have a motherfucker nose to nose with me, screaming at me and treating me like I am nothing but fucking dirt so that he could break me and rebuild me. I'm just no, fuck no. So when it came down to that shit, when I went through, when I went through basic fucking training in 2012, my drill sergeants didn't give zero fucks. Okay, let me explain something about this whole bullshit. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, when 
So I remember the army fucking Grinston decided that he was like, oh, the shark attack is just demeaning and it's just terrible. It's a terrible way to fucking approach soldiers and young privates. So we're gonna do the first hundred yards. It's team building exercises. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Okay, shut that shit up. Uh, no, we, we need to bring back Shark Week, okay? We need to bring that shit back. Bring back smoking the living shit out of fucking dirtbag privates, dirtbag service members. Smoking the living shit out of them was a way, smoking the living shit out of people was a way to fucking instill what right looks like into people. I know my old school, you know, leaders are gonna feel me on this one, but writing a counseling statement doesn't do a fucking thing. But making a motherfucker low crawl from the motor pool to the company and back until you get tired, not the person low crawling, but the person who's smoking you until they get tired. That will teach you not to be fucking dumb and not to fucking do that shit ever again. My drill sergeants told me two things. They told me one of two things would happen. Either I'm going to be strong or I'm going to be smart. Which is it? And I decided to choose the smart route. Because at the end of the day, it showed me, hey, I better really tighten up my fucking shop crew and I better not act like a fucking asshole. Let me do what I'm supposed to be. I'm just saying, we need to start bringing this shit back. Normalize it. Normalize the shark week again. Bring that back. Normalize smoking fucking soldiers again. Smoking service members. Bring that shit back again. Like, it, it just, I'm telling you, we have gotten so sissified that, oh, Words hurt. They hurt my feelings. Motherfucker, we had 18-year-olds and 17-year-olds storming the fucking beaches of Normandy on D-Day. Facing death. You want to sit here and tell me words hurt? Get the ever-loving fuck out of my sight. Okay? Words hurt. Like, no. Words hurt worse. Exactly. I would much rather be cussed the fuck out than to be shot, all because my all because my instructors didn't teach me the right way on how to do things. I don't know about anybody else, but the sentiment is, yeah, words hurt, motherfucker. But uh, to quote a meme that I saw, all right, this is uh, this is Kyle from Four Doors More Whores, and we're going to have an extensive conversation on the uh, effects of a five five six through a bicep. <laughs> <laughs> that got spicy real quick spicy hey sometimes in this podcast you get touchy feely shit other other times it's as spicy as a habanero pepper fucking giving you an enema through a tube that is not lubed Ooh. Ooh. that brought me back Think of a colonoscopy with nothing but devil's heart hot sauce. That brought that brought me back, man. That's ooh, PTSD. Talk about cleaning out them walls, bro. It, the dude hit me so damn hard, I had to ask him, "Was that your ring or is that your watch?" 
Also, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to plug something here real quick. So I know a lot Stop of us here. Your asshole, bro. We don't want to hear about your butt plug. All right. Just chill. Listen, listen, Linda. Listen, I don't want to. If I'm not allowed to talk about my butt plug, you're not allowed to talk about your spiky sounding rod. That's different. <laughs> it makes me feel like I'm Watson from fucking Apex Legends. <laughs> but I know a lot of us here majorly are on the social media app TikTok. Well, just a shout out to a few other organizations that are from mental health or are just for about positivity and everything, just to break, a, just to break the chain of the, uh, of the uh, hard topics we were on. So want to give a shout out to Hype Nation, who I support. want to give a shout out to uh, the heathen community on uh, TikTok as well for, Nor for Norse heathens because there are a few creators who actually want to give knowledge to young, to young uh, Norse men and women who follow that path. And you have other organizations like Tackle 22, Battle 22. They're for the veterans, mental health and everything. The Till Valhalla Project. And then you also have uh, another organization called uh, Guardian Ravens, which is for helping domestic violence, which we will get onto that topic here in a second. And I also want to give a shout out to Alex Jones for his famous speech. Listen, you son of a bitch, you piece of shit, you fucking goddamn fucker. Listen, fuckhead, get that through your thick fucking goddamn head. Stop pushing your shit. But most importantly, to the organization on TikTok that I belong to, which, by the way, we are trying to get things together where we are an official, uh, I think, non-for-profit or something like that or something about being tax deductible or some shit. I'll let my president speak on that whenever we have him as a guest in the next episode. But to give a brief on what my people do. I'm by no means a leader in this organization, by the way. I am, I am just, an, as we call an enlisted man. Manic Vets. That is Mike, Alpha, November, Alpha, Charlie, Go, Tango, C. Manic Vets is there for the benefit of the veteran community and active duty members and the families of veterans. We recently did a joint operation with Hype Nation and other people to help a TikTok creator by the name of Full Metal Six Zero to raise money to have his uncle, who was a Vietnam, who was a decorated Vietnam veteran, to be released from the funeral home, so that way they could bury him in his family's plot where his uncle wanted to be buried. We also have done other things to help other soldiers. Another TikTok creator that we have helped by the name of True Dot Soldier. We helped raise money for him to get his uh, service dog uh, to the veteran to the veterinarian and to get fixed because she was very ill. What we do is what we do as a part of Manic Vets and everything. We are there for the veteran community and the families of veterans in active duty. Oh, we yeah. are literally there for them. We do. Uh, I started. I started something back up that I think. Herman can see off my TikTok, which is metal, metal underscore wolf 9498. 
if you want to give that a follow just to see some of the content involving manic vets we do battle buddy checks yeah yeah uh, we do battle buddy checks <coughs> and basically we're there for the veteran for the veteran and uh family event we're there for to we are there to help them or we are there to be an ear to listen and mo and every single one of us is either extremely closely related to the military or we have been soldiers airmen marines ourselves because we have members from the air force we have members from the army hi we have members including ga cowboy tat freak was air force kb uh one of our other members i think was air force we have a marine by the name of texas steel or pink crayon eater we have uh, another one who was a female who was a i think female so female nurse who was in the army we have a canadian uh representative with us whose brother was a very a a canadian soldier maple syrup we, motherfucker. We, i'm kidding we are literally there to be for the benefit of the veteran community when no nine times out of ten if you hit one of us up you get a message right back and it's not just from me it's from our president tat freak you have devil dog who was a marine Texas Steel is pretty good at answering back. He was a Marine and Army. He did a cross branch. Kay Duke right now is going through complications, so she's not active currently. Um, Tig, she's a member. She's a Canadian. She's our she's our gremlin. Uh, then you have our newest member called Radar. He was an 11 Bravo. But we are there for, we are there for all the veterans and anybody who needs an ear to listen. We are on TikTok, we are on Facebook, and we are on Instagram and other social media platforms. Again, that is all caps, Mike, Alpha, November, Alpha, Charlie, Vector, Sierra. Sorry about that, brother. I had to. I had to put that in there. No, you good. Shit, I'm with it. And now on to another subject that's going to be kind of spicy for everybody. Why is it spicy? Domestic violence. Yeah, stop beating your fucking goldfish. You can only beat your wife's boyfriend. I mean, what? So, whenever people think domestic violence inside the military, nine times out of ten, they think that the soldier is beating on his or her wife. That sometimes is heavily incorrect. Yes. There is multiple forms of abuse out there, people. And for leaders and everybody else that might be listening in, I really suggest you pay attention to this. Because it is not always the male soldier that is the problem. Or the female. 
It takes two to tango. All right. You have a thing called reactive abuse where the partner pushes the other one to the point, knowing they won't lay hands on them until they're at their breaking point because they try to walk away and they try to block the door or try to calm down and they say something that sets them over the edge. Yes, I know, you know, we were just talking about how words hurt and everything or making fun of how words hurt and everything, but there are certain, there are certain things you just don't fucking say. Because it may not trigger them as the way most people think of the word triggered, but it'll push them to the fucking point where there is no fucking return. Domestic violence in the military is a real thing. However, I'll let my I'll let my battle speak on this after I'm done rambling because I've spearheaded long enough. I don't I don't like hogging the spotlight. But <laughs> there are multiple forms of abuse and we will cover them. But the same point key, make sure that it wasn't the partner that started it because Yes, beating women is wrong. However, defending yourself is not. And this goes for any person out there who is getting abused by their spouse or by their significant other or by their family. That is that if you're a male getting beat on by a female, you have every single right to defend yourself to a point. I I mean, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and speak ill on that because I've actually had that happen to me with my ex-wife. Um, I, if you don't mind, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna take it from here. So, take four. Basically, what what basically happened was was that my ex-wife and I we were in a very toxic relationship. Um, you know, we weren't understanding each other from each other's point of view, points of view. And I mean, granted, like I'm gonna say. You know, I had up a hand in it, but so did she. So when it came down to it, I saw things in a different light and she didn't like that. And she saw things in a different light that I didn't like. So that's why we had irreconcilable differences. There were just differences we couldn't work past. But one thing I'm going to tell you is in no way, shape or form will I ever support someone picking up a weapon to try to do harm to you. And that's what my ex-wife did. My ex-wife took a butcher knife out of the Kathlon self-sharpening knife set we had. And she tried to stab me. Into which case, I punched her in the fucking mouth. Laid her right out. Knocked her the fuck out immediately. And there's a huge size difference. You know, I'm sitting at 5'10", and she's at 4'11". But... I have 220 pounds of lean muscle going straight into her fucking mouth. So, yeah. Could I have reacted to the situation a little better? Absolutely. I didn't have to lay a hand on her, but that's where the fight or flight senses kicked in. I defended myself because at the end of the day, I never, before that time, I never laid a hand on a woman because I was raised with that belief you don't put your hand on a woman no matter what the circumstance this that and the third but then looking at it 
from a different perspective, you do not strike anyone unless they intend to do harm to you. Because that is our, that's in our nature is to defend ourselves when we feel threatened, okay? It's just, it's in our genetic makeup. It's in our genetic code. That's where fight or flight senses kick in. And obviously she fucked around and she found out I'm not the one with that. And granted, it's like I said, I don't, I don't support anyone hitting anyone. But when it comes down to it, if you are in an abusive relationship, this goes for both men and women. If you're in an abusive relationship where your partner, your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever you guys call yourself, if your significant other is doing harm to you, do your best to walk away. But only if it ensures that you are safe to do so. Versus because if you are in an, if you are in imminent danger to where the person will strike you, then by all means you fucking defend yourself to where you can at least get yourself to safety. That's my piece. Not to mention, just to have my input, you had every single right to due to the fact that she attacked you with a deadly weapon. And I know what you, some of you were going to say, oh, she was smaller than him and everything. He was probably threatening. Let me take you into account. For me to say this, it takes, it took him a lot of courage right there to sit there and admit she abused him and everything for the very simple reason that a lot of you out there and you know who I'm talking about. If the shoe fits, wear it. A lot of you out there think that it's okay for a woman to cheat on her man. Like, yes, queen, go queen. You know, he wasn't providing for you. But the moment a guy does, but the moment a guy does it, it's, uh, hmm, he's a piece of shit, everything like that. The same goes for this type of situation or even in a me mental, emotional abuse. You want to know why men right now suffer more from mental health than women? Because nobody gives a shit and they feel that they feel that nobody cares. Like, for example, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to throw this out there. Do any of you know or did any of you know that the month of November is National Men's Mental Health Month? Did anyone know that? No, I did. Because it's not being talked about. It's not being talked about. It's not being addressed. It's crazy. But I'm going to tell you right now, the one advocate for men's rights that I pay the utmost respect to is Roma Army on TikTok. Roma Army. I think you're talking TikTok. about. Yes, she's a Canadian woman who legit defends. She's a men's right men's rights activist, and I'm going to tell you right now that woman there is a godsend. Okay, she needs to be defended at all costs because that woman there literally addresses issues of what men deal with. Now, we're not talking all men. We're talking the good men who are very good people. And they try to genuinely find someone to love and to, you know, 
nurture and to build a future with and to have children, to have, start a family, all this shit, to build an empire. She defends those men. Now, granted, we got men out there, a lot of men that are fucking trash. They are trash ass dogs. Just that an doesn't old go, that boy. Doesn't go, that, that doesn't go without saying that there's a lot of trash ass women out there too. Corey, okay. I'm sorry, what? But there's a, there's a lot of trash ass women out there too. But when it comes down to it, for those who are doing the right thing, we ain't got nothing to say about you except continue doing what you're doing, continue being the loving person you are. Because you will, like I believe, I'm a firm believer in you do good deeds, you get good karma. I'm a firm believer in that. It'll see. I'm about to open up a little bit on this platform since Herman did his. My previous relationship, (laughs) my previous relationship, and I think Herman will agree, it was a fucking shit show. Oh, yeah. It started out okay, but for those of you who want to know how it went, she was in love with the idea of me, not in love with me as a person. She is a lot. Some of the fights were my fault. Some of the fights were her fault. However, when you're walking away from when a person's walking away from an argument and you know, they have a bad temper at the time. Don't sit there and pop off with, in some people's eyes, you're a rabid mutt that needs to be put down. Don't sit there and say that. Don't sit there and say, whenever you guys are going through the divorce, don't sit there and say the kid is your priority rather than the other person's. Don't sit there and fucking try to degrade the other person and not acknowledge where you faulted as well. And, and don't, definitely, one, I'm, I'm definitely going to add one thing to you as well. Don't also use the child that you have as leverage to damage the other parent. Because not only is that child going to grow up resenting you, but the child's going to grow up hating the other parent. And then that child will not properly heal. And that's what continues the vicious cycle. That's all I wanted to throw in there. Now, mind you, I will not say my ex-wife. I will not say my ex-wife's name on this platform because she has her. She has the right to be protected. Do I want anything <laughs> bad happening now? Before I continue, do I want anything bad happening to her? No. In fact, I dare a motherfucker to lay off, to lay a hand on my ex-wife. You'll be seeing me drive. You'll be seeing me fucking rucking it because I don't have a vehicle right now. You'll be seeing me fucking rucking my ass to where she is just to fucking beat that motherfucker's ass into the dirt. You don't fucking do that. Now, carrying on, moving forward. And don't sit there and spread rumor. Don't sit there and spread words that your partner beat the fuck out of you. Or your partner laid hands on you when they didn't. And the one time I know that this that my ex is talking about is the time that I tried to walk away from an argument because Herman can attest. I think I called him fucking bawling that day. Oh, yes, you did. Because I tried walking away from an argument and she blocked the fucking door. Because I wanted to go in my truck and go for a fucking drive. 
She blocked the way out of my door. I pushed her out of my way. For the very simple reason, I, wa I wasn't thinking about using the back door. My goal was to get out of the house and away from the situation. Now, a lot of you may be asking, how does, how does this type of stuff and the uh, abuse types that we're going to cover affect active duty? It has a lot because more effect even, than what you... Even active, even active duty goes through it as well. It's just not documented as much. And not to mention a lot of... Specifically talking on the topic of... Uh, specifically topping, talking about the uh, men's side of the spectrum and everything. A lot of women are afraid to come forward because they're male counterpart. However, a lot of guys, this is a reason a lot of male soldiers and a lot of male veterans and a lot of males in general across the fucking board don't come forward to talk about it. I have to swallow That's another thing. A lot of people, a lot of times people don't come forward because they're afraid it's going to affect their careers and everything like Freya over here. A lot of men don't come forward because one, nobody will believe that a guy got fucking raped. Nope. Nobody will believe that a guy can be abused. Nope. Nobody can, nobody will believe that a guy is mentally and emotionally manipulated by his significant other nobody will believe I a guy was. if he's being if nobody will believe a guy if he's being fucking gaslit nobody ever thinks about that half the time not even the guy that's in question because another person has to point it out for them in order for them to see where they're going through shit Hudson I feel attacked <laughs> you should I am attacking you right now that's racist. <laughs> that was a racist. I'm part That's Native racist. American. I'm Irish. Exactly. That's racist. <laughs> but no. He likes it when I get racist. It's okay. But no, seriously. Blink twice if you need help. <laughs> but no, seriously, though. My lovely old lady over here and my battle buddy had to point out where I was where I was actually being abused and I didn't even realize it where I was being hurt and didn't realize it for the very simple reason I'm very dense God, yes, he is. I'm as dense as osmium holy hell that's an understatement and for you're those of you who are not captain captain, that was you're dense as the captain who was on the Titanic <laughs> I'm as dense as the captain that was on the Titanic. But for seriously, though, a lot of you active duty members right now that are positive, if you're male or female, don't be afraid to come forward. Don't be afraid to fucking reach out. If you seriously need help, I guarantee you one of your best friends will be there for you. And if you have chains of men who are sitting there and they're basically putting down or making it seem like it's not that big of an issue, do what I've had to do as an E3 and look at a lieutenant colonel and say disrespectfully, fuck you. Or go straight to fucking IG. No, I said that and then I went to IG. That's why I had his, reg 
in my hand the next week. But a lot of you male soldiers right now that are possibly going through mental, emotional abuse and everything. And I'll let Herman cover a few types of abuse because the only ones I have actual experience with is mental and emotional. I have mental, emotional, physical, sexual, fucking everything. Um, don't be afraid to come forward. Huh? No, she was saying that she had a physical, mental, sexual, everything, and it was like iridocyclitis. <laughs> right. But. I can joke about it now because I don't give a fuck. But for all you guys out there, for all you active duty males that are struggling with this at home, possibly, don't be afraid to come forward and remove yourself from the situation. And before you say yes, and before you say anything, you may have a kid. That's the reason I stayed was because of my, because I felt obligated to my child. I wasn't thinking about my happiness. I was thinking about being there for my daughter. You can be there for your daughter and be a, or son. You can be there for your children, but not have to be with that partner. And from here, I will let Herman and the lovely Freya take over, take position. So when it comes down to that, I mean, a lot of things come into play. And it's just when, when it comes to children, it's a very touchy subject. Very touchy. Because at the end of the day, children are easily manipulated. You can easily manipulate children. Because you got to think, they have a level of innocence that is just unparalleled in this world. And when I see so many soldiers go through what they go through because of the negligence of the other parent, it breaks my heart because those kids don't need to, they don't deserve that. And neither do those parents. If you are a good father or a good mother, your other, the, per, the per, mother or father of your children should never use their, use your child against you. Instead, be cordial, be civil. You two may not have worked out, but that doesn't mean you can mentally damage your children. So that way, not only are you damaging the other parent, but you just damaged that child for the rest of their lives. And that's wrong. It is. And now on to the types of abuse that a lot of people suffer. I think we might be at our end. All right. We'll cover that okay. in a later episode. But Herman? Most definitely, I want to say thank you all to everyone who is listening. And also, thank you, Ms. Freya, for chiming in on certain topics. And I also just want to be able to thank my buddy Cody for continuously being with me on this journey. And we love you guys. Thank you for your support. But this is Chris Herman signing off. I'll see you next time. You're stuck with me now, fucker. And this is Hell 8-2. Rolling out.
Stay frosty, all.